and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The NFL Draft is this week. Zach Wilson could... Go number two to the Jets. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he covers the Jets for the New York Post. He also uh, does a little reporting for WFAN there in New York. He's Brian Costello with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brian, thank you for a few minutes. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, quick question, then we'll dive into the actual draft. But am I a bad person if I root for the moments of the competition between the mother of the draftee and the girlfriend for who gets the first hug? Am I am I bad if I'm cheering for that awkwardness? <laughs> no, that's part of the draft, I guess. You know, <laughs> this year it'll be just nice to see any hug. So, you know, uh, staying uh, uh, dialed in on this as possible, Zach Wilson, obviously we uh, here don't get a whole lot of uh, draft picks that highly touted. Alex Smith went number one back in 2005, and we've had a couple of other, you know, top 10, top 15 type player over, uh, players over the years, but obviously high-profile quarterback, and you look around and um, most, not all, of the mock drafts have Zach going number two to the Jets. Is that really the uh, the intent? How, how solid, I guess, do you think the Jets are on taking Zach? Yeah, I think it's ninety nine point nine percent. You know, nothing's a, nothing's a certainty in this world, but this is as close to it as possible. You know, I had heard back in February that the Jets really liked Zach. That Joe Douglas, the general manager, had kind of fallen in love with him. Um, obviously, at that time, Sam Darrell was still on the roster. I think there were some people within the organization who were arguing to keep Darnold. But, um, you know, then it just became more and more evident when Zach had his pro day, didn't really get his pro day, and then, uh, you know, about a week and a half later, the Jets traded Sam Darnold. And it's been pretty obvious that, that Zach's the choice since then. From people you're talking to, what is it about Zach that the Jets like? Yeah, they're not saying a whole lot right now. You know, they, they, they're not going to admit this. Uh, they're, they're trying to keep it close to their vest. But I think it's, you know, pretty obvious that the the way his arm talent is, the way he can throw the ball off platform, he can kind of extend plays. I think that all appeals to them. Um, you know, I think they're bringing in the San Francisco offense that Shanahan ran with Michael Floor as their new offensive coordinator. Uh, it's kind of similar to what BYU ran. They've seen him, uh, you know, run some play action, run RPOs, and he fits that system. So, you know, I, I think uh, I think they just love everything that they've seen from him, and then. You know, they, they love guys who love football. That's that's a big mantra of theirs. And I've talked to a lot of people at BYU, and it sounds like Zach is a film hound and watches everything he can get his hands on and loves the game. And I'm sure that appeals to the Jets as well. If he does go to the Jets, what are his prospects for immediate success? I mean, are they going to be able to put some pieces <laughs> around him, or is this going to be, you know, the perpetual build? Yeah, it's going to be a while. Um, the Jets, yeah, obviously, they went 2-14 and 14 last year. That's why they're in a position to draft that. And it's going to take a while. Uh, they got a lot of work to do. They have 21 draft choices in the next two years, so they have the ammunition to do it. But it's not going to be overnight. Yeah, he's going to he's going to have some growing pains with this team this year. I think it's going to be a rough year. Uh, depending, you know, see how quickly he plays. 
you know, my suspicion is he'll play right away if they're thinking of number two. But uh, even if he does, if he comes in, I think this is, this will be a rough season for the Jets. And I think his best hope is that they can they can add some pieces this year, add some pieces next year, and maybe have a better outcome in, uh, in 2022. Tell us about Joe Douglas, the general manager there for for the Jets. Is is he uh, the type of I guess is he going to put the pieces around uh, Zach? Is he going to be the one to finally be able to build the Jets back up? We'll see. Uh, you know, I can't guarantee anything. He's been on the job. It's strange. He's been on the job almost two years now. June will be two years. But since he came in in June in 2019, he, there wasn't much he could do with the 2019 roster. He didn't have a draft. Didn't have you know, the majority of free agency. So last year was really his first chance. He drafted left tackle Makai Becton in the first round last year with the idea of building around Sam Darnold. He took Denzel um, Mims, a wide receiver from Baylor, in the second round. Again, the idea of building around Darnold. And, you know, Becton played pretty well, but he had some injuries. And Mims was uh, injured from the start. Didn't really, didn't really get going last season. So, yeah, I think he was trying to, to do it last year, and it didn't work out quite as well. So, we'll see how he does uh, with, with Zach now. And they added Corey Davis from the Titans in free agency, so that helps. But there's still a lot of work to do. Why did it ultimately not work out with Sam Darnold? Uh, hey, there's a lot of reasons. You know, I, the biggest thing right now is timing. Um, you know, I think if things had been different, Sam would still be on the team. But with the Jets having the number two overall choice, they get a chance at a quarterback and starting over contractually rather than going into this year with Sam and his last year of his deal. And, they've, you know, they've, like I said, I don't think the team's going to be very good this year. So the best-case scenario with Sam this year would have been, you know, they're 7-10, and 10, which sounds odd to say, 17-game season, but they go 7-10 and 10 and, you know, Sam maybe throws 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Then do you commit to him? And with these quarterback contracts that are $35, $40 million a year, you're not going to do that. So the timing wasn't great there. Uh, I don't think this was a matter of the Jets saying, we don't think Sam Darnold can play. Uh, we think Zach Wilson is better than him. I think it was just kind of the way this situation worked out. Um, and that, you know, they, they don't, they're hoping they're not going to be picking number two again for a long time. This was their chance to get a quarterback and sort of start over financially. Brian Costello is with us from the New York Post. He covers the the Jets and uh, Brian, my my normal co-host Gordon, he's he's on vacation somewhere somewhere tropical, enjoying himself. But uh, he often likes to bring up ownership, and he talks about it a lot. How uh, you know, really, the having a good owner is the most important thing when it comes to a successful franchise. So with, with that in mind, I'm channeling him a little bit here. But uh, what kind of owner is Woody Johnson, especially now that he's back from his diplomatic duties overseas? Yeah, I mean, Woody, he's, he can be um, a very active owner. He, he spends money over the years. That hasn't been the problem. He's not cheap. Sometimes he gets a little bit too involved. Uh, the Tim Tebow trade, you might remember, that was Woody, and um, he's done some things like that, that that haven't worked out. Woody's biggest problem is who he listens to, um, or, you know, he, he hasn't listened to the right people through the years, and sometimes that's led to bad hiring and bad decisions. Uh, right now, Joe Douglas has all the juice, so it's going to be really weird to see what Joe Douglas can do. Joe, you know, I think Woody's going to listen to Joe and not interfere and let Joe kind of run his show right now. Uh, I think you know they're very excited about Robert Sala coming in as coach. Um, so you know, I think I don't think Woody's a bad owner in terms of getting in the way. Uh, I just think he made some poor choices of who he's listened to and who he's taken advice from uh, over the last ten years. 
So as I'm sure you're aware, BYU is a, a unique place. Um, they have, you know, BYU TV. They have a, a really good journalism school there that uh, is kind of involved with, uh, with the athletic program, covering it, you know, daily television and radio shows, those sorts of things. And uh, BYU Media Day, for example, is, is a, re- it's a huge event. And you, you're, you're surprised where all these people are coming from that cover BYU. But I guess my point is, is that Zach over the last couple of years has fielded a lot of, you know, pretty friendly questions and you uh, media yeah. types there in New York have a bit of a reputation. And uh, of course he's going to big, big spotlight, big time franchise in a big time city. You know, how much do they consider maturity and that sort of thing and the ability to handle that when selecting a player? Yeah, I think they consider it. Um, you know, I think they're definitely this, this regime, Joe Douglas, I don't know Robert Sullivan, but Joe values maturity, values character in the draft last year. Uh, I can't remember how many players they drafted last year, but I think all but one of them was a team captain. And so, like, that kind of tells you that, that they were looking for character guys. And we look at what they did in free agency, the guys they signed were all high character guys. So I think they consider it. They also have people in place to help Zach with that stuff, right? They, they You know, they have – media relations experts that will help Zach kind of navigate his way through the media world. And, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to get a honeymoon. The rookie year isn't so bad. Uh, we're, we're not, we're not as bad as everyone cracks us up to be. The biggest difference with New York is, uh, the numbers. There's, there's a lot of us. And, um, you know, if Zach decides to go out on a Sunday night after a game and go to a bar in New York and, uh, it's going to end up in the papers. You know, they, we have like, gossip pages that, that love it when an athlete goes out. It's not that he's doing anything wrong, but it'll be reported. And, and that's kind of jarring sometimes for guys is that, uh, you know, wherever they go, they're a celebrity and they kind of get written about. And we have the back page here at the Post that, uh, you know, is sometimes a little bit different. We, you know, when Sam Darrell got mononucleosis, we had a drawing basically of him with you know in bed with a thermometer in his mouth and you, you don't get that everywhere <laughs> so that kind of stuff is a little different you might take, take some time to get used to but you know i'm sure he's been covered pretty tough through through his life um and, and he's heard criticism before so i don't think that'll phase him well i believe that byu has been named the driest school in the country for <laughs> decades now so if going to the bar was a real priority for zach i'm thinking he would have gone to BYU. <laughs> yeah, i think that uh so maybe yeah. he can cross that one uh off the list but um hey listen uh we really appreciate you coming on brian thanks for uh casting a little light on a possible landing spot for zach wilson we appreciate it no problem thanks for having me Brian Costello covers the Jets for the New York Post. Also does some uh, reporting for WFAN there in the uh, in the Big Apple. And I didn't mean to uh, take a shot at our local media here because I, I do think Zach, you know, got some experience with some difficult questions and coverage and that sort of thing. But you know, as Brian told us there, New York's a bit of a different animal when it comes to that sort of thing. And uh, you know, I I truly believe East Coast bias is a thing because you know that's where those news organizations and things like that are located, and that's where the the light shines the brightest. And that will that will be an adjustment. Every time I think of, and by the way, as I said thanks to Brian, I said, well, maybe the New York media will drive Zach to want to start drinking. You, you never know. <laughs> uh, but every time I think of this myth or this lore, maybe is a better word, of the, the New York media eating athletes alive, and I roll my eyes, I then remind myself of Michael Strahan. 
Can you think of a more mountainous, cool customer than Michael Strahan when he was a player? And yet the one moment that goes through my mind time and time and time again is when he loses his mind in the locker room at a, at a media reporter and says, look me in the eye. Look me in the eye when you're going to kill a man or whatever. Yeah. And, he, he's, and he's a madman in that moment. <laughs> The media there is just completely different. Yeah. From and from what Brian was saying, Zach did have a lot of attention here while he was at BYU. Absolutely. Uh, and, and if he had had some run-ins or whatever, it would have been a big story. But just going out to a bar in New York on a Sunday night, whether he drinks or not, that's that is suddenly news in New York, and it's not news if he goes to the Provo beaches here. You know, to to make a local comparison, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a confession for you here, Austin. My my mother really likes the the tabloid. You know, does she the, really? You know, like the the Star and the Enquirer and that stuff. It's her it's her guilty pleasure, and and she gives them to me because I like them too. I, I got you do it. I do, what? but but I do look at like the star picks. You know what I'm talking about. Where they're just random paparazzi yeah. shots as they're doing just mundane things, you know what I mean? Like here they walking are walking back to their car at Costco. Yeah, exactly. And do you ever just think to yourself, like, why? Why is this a thing? You know, like I, I, I don't care where where Kiefer Sutherland buys his cat food. <laughs> you know, like it makes zero. Like, why is this? A section like I get these salacious stories about who's having an affair with whom, you know, that's like uh, I understand why people are interested in that. But like here is uh, Burt Reynolds. Rest his soul. Uh, uh, now, if they got a picture of Burt yeah, Reynolds, that's true. You know, that is news. Here's Burt feeding pigeons at the local park. Like what? And the, the we can't let Burt feed the pigeons. <laughs> You know, I I just don't I I don't get that. Listen, I'm I'm somebody who consumes the paparazzi's work. Obviously, I I read these. Yeah, you watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake or whatever. But I I don't understand. Maybe that that's the line for me. Maybe that and when when especially if the kids are in the shot. Yeah, are we do we need to photograph them twenty four seven every time they leave their front door? Does that really have to be a thing? And in New York, everything's so small. I mean, it's not like you you can disappear into the, you know, like, honestly, if you were a professional athlete that truly wanted 100% privacy in Utah, you could live a half hour away from the practice facility and be completely isolated. I think most do live about a half hour away. I I would consider it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know, like, Joe Johnson, for example, he chose to live in Park City, you know, where he could, I think he lived in Glen Wild, where he could pretty much be isolated or whatever. You can't do that in New York. Well, uh, 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 Gordon Hayward, it was very public where he lived, both places where he lived, and his na- but he talked all the time about how his neighbors, and for the most part the public, just left him alone. Right. That's not going to happen in New York. That's not going to—you're not going to be left alone in New York. Right. In Salt Lake, you could be ten- Ted Kaczynski in, like, 35 minutes. Like in a shack in the middle of nowhere where nobody's oh, going to find you. that part of Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> no, not the bombing part. The isolated part. The alone in the you. woods. Yeah. yeah, the Walden on Golden Pond. Yeah, part. right. Yeah. Yeah. Not the, not the, not the abusing, Sorry. abusing the postal system to to commit domestic terror. No, Did I say I'm not, on Golden Pond. I yeah. meant Walden Pond or something, wasn't it? What? David Thoreau. Oh. That wrote the, the where he went out and lived in a cabin and self-sustained. Yeah. And, Let's go with that the, rather than Ted Kaczynski. It's got to be tiring, though, to be watched everywhere you go. Speaking of Mark Eaton, 
who's going to be on with us at 5 o'clock. I, I don't know how he exists because everybody knows who he is and never everybody knows where he is at all times. If you're within a mile of Mark Eaton, you can probably spot him. It's, it's the worst Where's Waldo ever made. I've told this story before, but I went to a Red Butte concert. Uh, and it's, uh, you, you know, we're in there and we're waiting for the show to begin. And I, I, I don't know how, what capacity is there, but it's probably five, 6,000, right? I mean, yeah, that's thousands right, of yeah. people, right? I'm just sitting there minding my own business, you know, eating my, uh, uh, sandwich or whatever I brought there. And I go, Oh, Mark Eaton's here because he was walking to find his spot. Like, like across, not next the, to you, like across the Dern amphitheater from me. <laughs> Oh, there he is! Like, it's got to be terrible. It's got it's got to wear on you. It's got to wear on. And you. yet, and the same thing go. I think of Thurl in the same way. Oh, and, and yet, he is every time. Both of them are so gracious, smiles, and so understanding. And, yeah, I would never be that way. I bet. Get away from me. Let me have a, a moment at Red Butte without being Mark Eaton, the basketball player. Right. Now, what? Now, add to it what our guy Britton Johnson has to go to go through, where he <laughs> has to deal with that too. Except for people think he is somebody else. That's right. The yeah. the misidentification of, of and he still Britain. has to be. But in that case, he shouldn't be gracious and then give the other guy a bad name. True. That's he true. could he could act like the the worst thing he ever wanted to do and. It, he wouldn't get blamed. And by the way, shout out to our guy Sean Bradley, who is who is definitely going through some stuff uh, down in in St. George. And uh, we, by bringing that up, I'm not trying to be uh, disrespectful. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you the funniest one that I no, there's a couple funny ones. But one of the funniest ones is when Britain got a hey, how's it going, Sean, from a guy wearing a Utah <laughs> at the Jazz game. He's got a Utah hat on. Britain just goes, really. Even you and the one where they thought he was Alex Jensen. That one's pretty funny. Where the Britain's I can see the Sean Bradley thing. Yeah, yeah. Britain's talking to a guy at a, I think it was at a car dealership, and the guy's like, "Yeah, it's it's I loved you when you played for the Mavericks, Sean." And the the another guy comes running over, and it's like, "Wait, no, no, no! <laughs> That's not Sean Bradley. That's Alex Jensen." <laughs> 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 but anyway, Zach is going to have zero anonymity come very soon. And that's that's a thing he's got to deal with, which which talk about a life adjustment. Right. I mean, maybe that's kind of why I ask the question, because it's it's going to be a life adjustment for sure. And he's been coached since he was 11 years old for such things. And I think that'll give him a leg up. But I don't think I don't think he can be 100 percent ready or prepared for the difference that it's going to be once he's in the NFL. Yep, I agree with you. We'll have more coming up next right here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.